0: All right, guys. Good to have you back. We're we'll sitting here with Gary Hale, and um, we're doing back-to-back podcast today because he's out of town this coming week. Yeah,
1: I'll be uh, out in Kansas City area by the time this to drops Kansas
0: down. Kansas City. Oh, I didn't. Is that a song? Really? You know, <laughs> you just make it. Up. It is no. Um, when I was eighteen years old, Southern gospel. No, no, no secular. Sorry. Oh no. When I was eighteen years old, my dad kicked me out of the house, and it was really dumb. But anyway, it was a very tumultuous time with my father. And I um, I wasn't really the super rebellious kid. I just, my dad, I love him. Okay. Anyway, so this has suddenly gotten really deep. It's the, Okay. <laughs> let me explain. So my dad was super strict and I came home from church one night and uh, I hadn't cleaned my room before church that day. And so he confronted me and said, why don't you clean the room? And I was like, I'm sorry. I got a plate left out. And yeah. he said, good. You got one week to find a place to live. And I was like, oh, okay. So he's super, super, super strict.
1: And uh, can I ask you, how did Kansas City trigger that?
0: So I moved to <laughs> my grandparents, and my grandfather had cancer. He was still getting around okay, but he didn't do the stuff he used, he used to garden and mow and right. all that kind of stuff. So I did, all, I did a lot of that stuff for them when I was living there. And I used to do, I cleaned up his, he had this old shed and I cleaned it up. And I, I don't even remember. I just got this old, this is cassette tapes. Okay. And I bought an old cassette tape and had just had a bunch of oldies on it. And that was the song going to Kansas city, going to Kansas city, yeah, Kansas city. Here I come. That's all I remember about it. But anyway, so I go play it in the cassette player in the shed as I was hanging his tools up and doing all kinds of stuff, which actually that ended up being a great time for me to be with my grandpa before he passed away. So anyway, long story, crazy
1: story. Yeah, all because I said I was going to Kansas
0: City. Wow. Was well, the strings. Yeah. I almost that's should good. just press the stop button here and just let this one roll right like it is. Two minutes in. Oh no, <laughs> that, no, that's good. That's, that's look good. good. Yeah. Do I need counseling? Probably, yes.
1: Uh, let me give you another one. How about San Diego?
0: <laughs> nope. Nope. Sorry. Can't help you there. Cannot help Chattanooga. you Chattanooga. Pardon me, boy. Is that the Chattanooga Choo Choo, man? That, that's a, that's the Chattanooga. Is, that's my hometown, brother. Okay. This is fun. Atlanta. Atlanta. You know, what do you think of? Uh, Braves. The Braves? Yep. You are a Braves fan growing up? Uh, my mom got into it. That was the weirdest thing. My mom really, I mean, like she would stand up in front of the TV and get mad, you know, when they played bad and stuff. So I remember. This is back in the 80s? No, 90s, I think 90s. but they started turning good then. Yep, and so I went to, we did go see a game, I think, with my brother. I can't remember who I went, saw a game one time. That was kind of cool. So Cool, how about Charlotte? Charlotte. I think my only memory of Charlotte is just landing there one time. It was a weird.
1: It's a cool cool airport, though.
0: Yeah, I don't remember much about it. They had the
1: rocking chairs, the white rocking chairs. Yes,
0: I I do remember that now that you say that. Yes, I do do remember that. the
1: Chick-fil-A line is just unreal.
0: Large. Just not the world traveler like you are, Gary. I well, don't know. Well, I don't
1: know about that, but we've been so on the east coast. Yeah. Okay,
0: so that's a funny. You want me to tell you another funny story while we're at it? I'll, I'll sure. It. it drags up the <laughs> deep dark <laughs> moments in your <laughs> life. It is actually another deep dark, but it's a funny moment no, man, in my life. So my, my brother in law is coming back from Africa. They need a furlough vehicle, and so he puts it out on, on social media. A church responds up in Indiana. Uh, yeah, Indiana says, uh, "Hey, we'll we'll." Um, we got a van here we'll give to you. And so if you can get up here and get it, then we'll take care of it. So my brother-in-law says, Hey, would you mind going to pick up the van? And I said, sure, no problem. He said, I'll take care of your plane, take it and everything. And just we'll fly you up there and you drive back. Cool. No big deal. So we line it up and uh, flies me up and already had it arranged. This deacon comes and picks me up, brings me back to the church to get the van. And so I go to the pastor's office and pastor's like, man, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but uh, it's leaking transmission fluid, so we've got it at the at the shop right now. But they're fixing it; it's going to be okay. You can be on your way here in a couple hours. I go to the transmission shop, and um, <laughs> I'm at the transmission shop, and the guy's like, uh, "No, it's definitely not going today. It's bad. It's really bad." So now I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Call the pastor back. Sorry, I'm really busy today. Can't help you. You know. Called the oh, deacon back. Right. Really? Yeah, we've got an activity this evening. Really sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not gonna say this is uh, as I say in Spanish por casualidad. It wasn't uh, by God's grace. We had gone to another church in the area, probably months before, or maybe even a year this before, up in Indiana. Up in Indiana, and we had stayed with a family, a little farmhouse. And you know, the guy was a farmer, had the tractors, you know, the combine, all that kind of stuff. And we had stayed with them, and I he had actually gone to this very same mechanic to get the brakes fixed on his truck. Okay. And I had remembered his name. And so I'm like telling the lady at the place, I'm like, I, I'm, I flew here. Someone picked me up. They dropped me off. I have nowhere to go. And I said, would you happen to have Dave Starkey's phone number? And she's like, sure. So I called Dave and I said, Dave, you're not going to believe my story. So Dave comes and picks me up. We go, uh, went to Walmart um, and got some stuff. He insisted he wanted to buy them. Like, Dave, you know, I, rep- I honestly appreciate the place to stay. I said, I, I, I need to buy my own toothpaste and underwear. <laughs> so they laughed, took me out to dinner, stayed at their house that evening. Uh, they had a, a, a king-size bed that was like two twin beds put together or two full, whatever that is. That, and um, I managed to break it right in the middle. I felt horrible because I was just a – anyway, trying to work out getting back. And my Where, mom – Why were you jumping on the bed? I wasn't my mom didn't want to make a financial system decision on behalf of my sister and brother-in-law, but I didn't have any money. I didn't even have a credit card. And so I'm, I'm like, mom, I've just stayed with these people for another, you know, for a night. I need to find a way to get home. And she's like, well, honey, I don't know what to tell you because I don't want to just make a decision. with this." <laughs> like, I'm like, get me home, get me home. <laughs> So finally, the guy's like, my father-in-law gets a hold of me. He says, I'll tell you what, I can drive up and get you. And and this guy says, no, don't do that. This guy literally drove me like five hours to the Corvette Museum. The farmer. Drives me five hours from middle of Indiana down to wherever that is in Kentucky. My father-in-law meets me there. I was so embarrassed. I I was so thankful, but it was just the craziest experience of my life. So I just used up another two minutes right there. Sorry.
1: No, no, that's... uh, and. And so that was tied back into Charlotte. How?
0: Uh, so when I had to go fly there to get there, I flew, I, flew I think from. It was is weird how they do your connecting stuff. Right. Yeah, but they route you through Charlotte and then to Indianapolis or something. Okay. I think that's the time I went to. It was really weird. I was like, why? You, why couldn't we just go from Atlanta to Charlotte, or or you know wherever it was the airport that I flew out of? No, you had to fly from Nashville to Charlotte, or Nashville, yeah, to Charlotte, then to and it was really weird Indianapolis. This is
1: fascinating. We didn't even plan for this, but no, I mean, these uh, Kansas City. Who would have known that it would <laughs> be taking you to your grandpa's <laughs> yeah. garage and uh, Charlotte would take you into the uh, Gary's
0: going to be starting a counseling ministry now for me. Like this dude's out of his mind. Well, I'm trying to connect it's the not dots just, here. This is interesting. Yeah, my my wife just looks at me now that my dad's going through all. This with his dementia and she just looks at me and goes, honey, I think you're, I think you're heading there. <laughs> oh, no. So,
1: you know, I, I had a, uh, a, a sweet story about a guy who used to be on our team. He's in another part of the country now, uh, up in the La Vega area, but, uh, he, he talks, he talks about his dad was suffering through that. And his dad was air force, as I recall the story. And he was, uh, he was kind of losing his mind. And so one night they, they brought out the picture, a picture album, you know, uh, back in that time and, and they flip through the album and so he's like looking and he's asking questions, who's that, all that kind of stuff and and uh, you know, at the end he actually looks up and says, This is the family that I always wanted to have. Oh As, my word. Uh, th- right. And so, you know, uh my friend, you know, tells that story, he still gets tears in his eyes, yeah. you know, because um and you know, he realized that that's what he, uh, somehow, you know, it's, things don't always connect or fire or whatever. And so looking through that, he, he realized, well, that's the family, but he didn't even recognize necessarily.
0: I will say, and, and this really ties into the story about my dad kicked me out when I was 18, but we had a pretty, what's the name, what's the word used, Dys, dysfunctional home. Um, my dad was military. My dad was abused physically and emotionally uh, as a kid. And so that has carried over into his adulthood. If you mention his parents to him right now, you will see a switch in his mm. countenance and it's instant bitterness. Yeah. Um, and and even think that that's some of the things he talks to himself and stuff now, and some of those things come up as he's talking to himself. Um, but um, he has really mellowed, which is just is so unlike my dad. My dad was so controlling. My mom would be real concerned if she came home late from church, if she's going to get in trouble for being out late or, you know, all of us, it's just, you you couldn't walk heavy footed in the house. You couldn't, if you closed the door too hard, he'd be upset. You couldn't touch anything in his workroom. I mean, just a lot of real rule, crazy rules that we had growing up. And now he's as easygoing as can be. I mean, he's just, just laid back. He has his moments, but he's a whole different person than he ever was. Whole different person. So hmm. um, in that sense, you know.
1: And, and you said you're, you're not sure where he is with, his relationship with the Lord, right?
0: Yeah. I don't know, Gary, he, he um, and this one's gone a little different direction, but maybe, I think maybe this is good because when people have dementia or deal with that kind of stuff, maybe there's something in here will help somebody, but yeah, I don't know. My dad, my dad sacrificed. My parents sacrificed to put us through Christian school. Uh, I was in Christian school, kindergarten through, Kindergarten through high school I graduated from Christian school is so funny because my mom, you know, the funny joke that all the evangelists you ever heard say that, you know, I had a drug problem. My mom drugged me to church. She did. I mean, we were at Saturday morning visitation, teen visitation and teen activities. We were at everything. Uh, we always had to have rides home because mom had to get home, but people were always gracious and took us home. And so, um, he, uh, he made fun of that stuff a lot. um, Real, you know, when my sister and I both surrendered to the mission field and he would say, well, where's the mission field? Please tell me where's the mission field. And I would say, you know, but honestly, as I look back, that really helped me because my faith had to become my own. Um, I'm not advocating drinking when I say the following. This was just something that came up in my home one time. But my dad always tried to put me in, you know. My dad always had to put me in precarious situations. And he's like, uh, one time he's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I don't think there's anything wrong with some beer and a pizza. And well, what do you think? And I said, well, the Bible says be not drunk with wine. Well, he says, who says anybody's getting drunk? And that pushed me, for instance, on issues like that to dig in and form my own biblical position of why I believe what I believe, a lot of those things, because he would question them in a real sarcastic way. But it made me look back. But then it's so funny because now that he has seen us live in Venezuela and go through some of the turmoil that we've gone to, through, I think, seeing us being the recipients of God's grace and protection and provision in those moments, man, um, he's been nush- nothing. And this is pre-dementia. I mean, this is when he still had his mind. He would mention about how, you know, how he was proud and uh, of us, and he's proud of me and yeah. stuff like that. And so he he really. This is really weird. It's hard to explain my upbringing. Um, but basically, I, I didn't have a great relationship with him until I until I got, quote, unquote, kicked out. And then he waited a week, and he's like, well, you could say if you want to. And I really, I at the point, made a decision for our relationship. I told him that. I sat across the table. I said, Dad, uh, I love you. And I said, I think at this point, our relationship is the most important thing. And I said, I want to maintain that. And I said, so I have found a place. and I have. Uh, uh, cassette song <clears throat> about Kansas City, and other- <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go buy cassette tape and work okay. in Grandpa's shed. Um, you know, it worked out, and he ended up letting me use the car. Um, but you know, it was really weird. Is after that, he took me out to eat for breakfast about every Saturday morning, mm. um, and so that was actually what could have been a really bad time was a, a building time.
1: Was that hard on your mom when you moved up?
0: She bawled. Yeah. She bald. Um, but you know, what was cool for me though, there's two people. Um, our pastor at the time was Cliff Roth, and then another friend of the family, Gerald Whiteley. Um, and really both of them, Cliff Roth was very compassionate. Um, I don't remember tears being shed per se, but he was very compassionate and just said, Hey, buddy, you know, I think the best thing for your relationship with your dad is for you to go ahead and take that step. But he was super compassionate, and I'll never forget that. And then I went to Gerald Whiteley's house with mom uh we got advice from several different people and Gerald sat across the table with tears streaming down his face and and talked me through it too and his advice was the same thing and so those are sweet moments for me uh to see how God brought people in a really unstable time in my life and i think that helped my mom as well uh in a hard decision because you know there was it was hard in their marriage for a little bit um I mean, I'm not trying to excuse me. I was your typical kid. I didn't clean my room like I was supposed to and whatnot, but my dad's had some pretty just very stringent rules and stuff, and so it was almost impossible to live. Um, Growing up, I'll give an example. Mowing the grass, you know, I would literally spend – we had about an acre and a quarter land, and he required that we mow five-foot rings around each tree. We had about 20 or 25 trees, and you had to hand mow or push mow, and before you got the – and then and then weeding, he was just, I mean, you had one little piece taken up somewhere. Everything had to be edged perfectly. Everything had to be, he was just a, very much a perfectionist. And so he would, you'd work for five or six hours and he would just nitpick it apart. So that time was tough on them because she was frustrated that yeah. for her it was kind of a petty issue for me to get kicked out. But I think it really, that helped my relationship with my dad. Um so
1: No, I was I was struck by something uh in thinking about these different <laughs> stories and, and the and the people you mentioned. And I don't it probably be it's probably unfair, but I mean the the image that I had in my mind was the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Um and you would have thought out of all these people mentioned, it would have been the deacon and the pastor that would have helped you out, but it was actually the farmer that and, and not yeah. down the farmer, but I yeah. mean he's got lots to do. He's he might be the busiest. I mean, farmers are really busy people, yeah. and yet he takes his time out to, in order to to help you. And then these gentlemen that you just mentioned, um, it's just it's just interesting. Sometimes the people that that God uses in our lives are are not, and, and maybe that's why people get hurt because they expect the pastor to to be there to help you or the deacon. And again, there's things going on in that day. It's unfair to, to but I can see where uh, there's an opportunity for us to just be. To to love to step in, yeah, and take care and, and you don't be have to that be a person pastor to do
0: it. No, and and I think, man, if you want to talk, we even even got on the topic that we discussed. But I think this is good right now because I'm reading a book on discipleship right now. Uh, imagine that, me and reading something on discipleship. But um, one of the things that holds so many people back in church, and you and I talked about in the previous episode, is just people never feel like they're able to. They don't feel like they're ready. To go disciple somebody, you know, no, let somebody else do it because I'm just not ready. I'm not prepared. I'm not, I'm not trained well enough. And, um, I've started to tell people, if you've got a pot of coffee and a couch, you can disciple anybody because once you disciple somebody, you pour into their life and it, d- discipleship doesn't have to be 12 months long. Every, every Tuesday, mm-hmm. Gerald Whiteley is sitting across the table, pouring tears down his eyes, and then checking in on me periodically after I moved out, that was still discipleship. He might even be discipleship slash mentoring. Yeah. But he was willing to pour into my life in a moment of need, and he didn't have to have all the answers or have all the theological deep.
1: It, it, yeah, it, it takes time. It's, it's an investment. Right. And that's probably why a lot of people don't do it, is because it just uh, it, it's a commitment of time. <laughs>
0: You know? And I'm starting to see, though, too, but it's uh, because this was something that held me back for a long time is also uh, feeling like you can do it. Like, uh, you know, surely there's somebody else out there who knows how to do this better than I do. Surely there's some yeah, inadequacy. Uh, inadequacy. Somebody's trained better than I am, you know. Uh, and then mm-hmm. again, going back to the, the previous podcast, well, you missionaries, you guys train in this kind of stuff. You know, you, you guys are the experts. Well, no, but we're here to train. We're here to teach. So you guys can keep doing the process and continue that process. So it's it's a anyway. Oh, so
1: so let me throw out another one. Detroit.
0: Detroit. Never been there. I'm kind of scared so, to go there. So
1: no association.
0: Now, if you want to talk about Upper Peninsula, I got some funny stories up there.
1: No, I'll stay away. We'll do that at a different podcast. Another podcast. Yeah. How about uh, let me one more. New York.
0: Never been to New York, but I love to talk to Mark Palmer. <laughs> I joke. I jo- Mark Palmer talks like this. How you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. I really want you team. to. Work, I work. Want you to work in sports ministry here yeah. at the Gracia and Verdad. The sports yeah. ministry, and it, and and. But you're waiting for the follow-up to be like. And if you don't, you might find yourself in a slab of concrete tomorrow. <laughs> I, t- one time I said, Mark, I said you probably. I said you. If if I don't do what you say, I said you're going to get Vinny on me. He said, Don't laugh. I do have a friend named Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: probably does. You know, Mark has been. Uh, well, you know, we, we had him on the podcast early on, and uh, you know he's still serving faithfully here. He is a go-getter, and his you know you talk about um, specializing in your area and just in in your niche. And sports ministry is his niche. He's a fish out of water anywhere else, but in well, well, I shouldn't say that, but his you can just see him excelling in his in his area. He's I mean, all the way down to the equipment, how the equipment's done. I mean, he is meticulous about how things should be done. I mean, though they're they're Taking up the paint from the basketball court because you know, I guess a kid slipped and fell, and, and we need to put another paint, and they're power washing it. And all he's involved in what's got to be done, and all that. He just uh, he really cares, he's really passionate. He is the if I can say professional, but I don't want to, I don't mean the negative connotation on that because you're talking about ministry. I'm just saying he takes it with excellence, maybe is the better word. He
0: loves on people, not, you know. Uh, He wants things professionally done so that people feel loved. I guess that would be the yeah. I'm I'm man. How old is he? Late seventies?
1: No, I think he's early seventies. Early seventies. Okay, sorry, Mark. He's in his seventies. Okay, man, dude. I I mean, I want to be in that shape. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna make it
0: there. I've walked with him through some of his cultural hiccups and learning curves, and and man, they frustrate me. So I, I, can you imagine somebody who um. Learning to live in Latin America, you've just got to learn. Everything has got to be chilled. There's, you know, your lights right. go. I, we had lights go out a couple weeks ago, well, or a week or so ago. Did you, did you guys have lights out at your house?
1: When the storm came through?
0: No, it was after that. I heard, okay, it, I heard right. it explode. Uh, uh, transformer. A thing, transformer explode. And I told Sarah, because it's so frustrating, when that happens, it happened at like 10 o'clock in the, in the morning. Lights didn't come on till 9 o'clock at oh, night. Yeah, but I told Sarah, I said, if I was a betting man, I would almost bet that they didn't even work on it till the sun went down because it's too hot. <laughs> so they're not even going to climb that pole in the middle of the day. They're going to wait till the nighttime when things are a little bit cooler, you know. And then, and then we knew we were getting close because we, then we watched when all the lights went out. We knew, uh, okay, they're getting ready to hook something back up because, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, this, the, the, the learning curves of being, uh, for anybody, being a new missionary. And then you take put yourself in your seventies and all the learning curves there, and they don't speak the language. the
1: language, but they've they've done really well. Yep, they've landed really well. And, Of course, you know they were, as you all were as well. I mean, you you come down here and the COVID thing was, you know, knocked you off balance. Really couldn't get going, and and then uh, yeah, all the all the learning that they've had to do, but they've uh, they've done really well. And and the and the sports part of the the ministry is. Is going really well. Yeah. And you're participating, we 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 were so excited uh, in our in our small group. One of the families um, that joined the church, actually a Venezuelan family, and their daughter, eh, maybe a little bit timid to connect with uh, people here, and wasn't really interested in. in in church uh, as much as her parents wanted her to be. Mm -hmm. But when she heard about volleyball, she came alive. And so she was, you know, that's all she could talk about was a volleyball, volleyball. And so then, you know, the other day I saw her, I was at youth group and and she was here at the the youth group and she was kind of standing off to the side, just kind of hitting the ball, you know, in her hand. And uh, so I went over to one of the, um, one of our American workers and just said, Hey, would you pull her in, maybe play a little volleyball with her. And before I walked out, you know, uh, this missionary had, you know, was hitting volleyball back with her. you know? yeah. And so it's like there was a connection point and, yep. and that's how it is for some, uh, some people that are sports minded or music minded. You know, there's something that, that connects them into, uh, you know, it's, it can, you can have a relationship through those, through those means. And then that can lead to deeper things. And so the, the parents were just so grateful that,
0: you know, this, is that, this is a huge plug for ministry, too. I mean, again, I don't know what we would title this podcast, but <laughs> come and help us. But I guess it's it's shown how different bumps of life God shapes you in, into what you are. I think I've become more solid on a lot of my theology because my dad's pushed me. Yeah. Um, and then you have situations like this where um, Mark is professional. He's yeah. served in professional capacities, but, yeah. but he serves on such a practical level. He just yeah. loves people and provides that in, environment. And so you don't have to... Don't let not knowing something a hundred percent hold you back. You know, I don't think people, I mean, Gary, you know, once you get your doctorate, you're going to close your Bible up and quit. No, 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 no. you're going to keep learning. You're going to keep keep extending yourself. So nobody ever has arrived. Nobody has ever just got to the extent where they've got the Bible all figured out and they have all the answers. So don't let that hold you back from serving somebody and pouring into somebody. And so uh, it's good to hear these stories
1: Yeah, Yeah. you know, I would say also with Mark, he's really good about taking. I mean, you don't have to really know much about the sports, and uh, that's that's a difference that he he knows how to just get volunteers involved and get them, you know, get them serving to where they see that they can they can they can help out, and it's it's a good lesson because sometimes you think, well, I I never played soccer, I never played you know volleyball, what can I offer? And you know, yes, you do have to have a skill set. At certain levels, the trainers have to know what they're they're doing. But there's so much that can be uh, added to when you come and you just serve. I mean, you, you watch the trainer, the trainer saying, "Here's how you serve." Okay, well then you have a line of kids and you're helping them, you know, make sure that they're serving correctly. I mean, it, it'll surprise you, but you know, yes, you have to have competency in 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 some positions. But there's a whole lot of room where you can where you can serve and help and, and, and truly and, and have that opportunity to pour into others while you're also learning as well. It's just a, it's well, a good
0: model. And Mark too is um, what I like. He's, he talked to, I mean, he was talking with me and I'm sure you too about the philosophy of the ministry they used to do at the church before he came here. I mean, he's done it everywhere for many years, but he was, they, they were just as important to have, to have people serving refreshments and sitting yeah. in the bleachers, That's what I mean. yeah. opening There's up conversations, like then if you if you just have, you know, no coordination and can't dribble a ball or can't, you know, serve or can't whatever, whatever sport we're dealing with, it's okay. Because if you're willing just to sit and talk with somebody, you can you, yeah, you can, can be above the sports ministry.
1: I mean, if you're going, if you're going to trip and spill some Kool-Aid on people, then, I mean, <laughs> maybe you can't serve, but you can sit and talk.
0: Now, I will tell you from experience that you have to put your thick skin on if you want to give a lesson in Spanish to a bunch of kids who are bilingual because those are the worst oh, ones.
1: yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're going to correct you on everything you yeah. learn, but they're, they're ruthless. Like,
0: like I have more confidence talking to Carlos Rijo than I do talking to your wife. Because your wife, I mean, she learned it from such a, she was a little kid, you know, so you know she knows both languages, and she intimidates it. Plus, plus she's mean sometimes.
1: She, she can be, she can be, <laughs> yeah. she,
0: she's got the knife. <laughs> I'm teasing. Slice and dice. I, I can, yeah, I can give back to her. I can give it right back to her, so. But we need to have her on
1: the podcast, too. And, and we are going to have a third person. We kind of mentioned this. Yeah, we're going to throw
0: it out there. We haven't necessarily, um... The person's not feeling really well, so I didn't even contact this person this week because I want to give this person time to recoup. But See, and we're talking um, about
1: this person, so you don't yeah, know if it's male. or female.
0: Listen, we don't uh, listen, but you we don't be one of the two though. But yeah, but, but we you. don't do the pronoun thing here, so we're not going to have we're not we're not going to let this person choose the pronoun by, by which they're called. We will call them by their assigned their biological, a biologically assigned pronoun,
1: right? Who God created this person to be?
0: There you go. That's good.
1: This person's gonna be great.
0: So Gary, that's what do we what do we title this podcast? Uh,
1: I think uh, here and there and around the square or around the world or something uh, yeah, like that.
0: Around the world in in and twenty six minutes. Yeah, we, we've <laughs> talked
1: about ministry here. We've talked about Kansas City. We've talked about your garage. We've talked about the farm uh, farmer. Uh, we've talked about driving. Uh, we, we've been all over the
0: place. So, but that's okay it's, because it's God puts the right people in your life at the right times and yeah that's a good tie when you when you need them and uh to be one of those people you don't have to be this professionally trained with a title person sometimes just stepping into a moment of need um for a farmer it was maybe leaving the tractor for about 12 hours on a saturday so he could drive me to the corvette museum in kentucky um and and people might look at that as something as minuscule to me it wasn't um yeah
1: you're in need you're in the middle of nowhere
0: Yes. Well, I'm
1: sure if he was, and, and, and to be fair, maybe the pastor and the deacon, I mean, these were like huge events, and they were critical, and he just mm-hmm. didn't have time. Um, and if the farmer was about ready to lose his crop, and he had to harvest, sure, yeah. he may have told you the same thing. So maybe we're not comparing apples. It just strikes me. It strikes me, on the surface at least, you would expect the story to go, it's the pastor or the deacon that helps you, and it's actually
0: the I'm not going to lie. It was really weird for me, and I was like, hey, uh, listen, the situation fell through. The car's not ready. I would at least sort of thought, well, let me hook you up with somebody in the church, and let's see what we can do here so I can. Because
1: they, they kind of were the tie. It wasn't like yeah, you were calling them just out of just, the phone book.
0: Just really weird. It was a weird situation. Yeah. But that's okay. Okay, it's so a, who's
1: the farmer? We'll give the farmer a shout-out again.
0: Shout-out to the farmer. Okay. So it, and, and in all these other stories, um, Mark, yeah. Yeah, Mark. Mark,
1: Mark, Mark Palma.
0: Just tying that whole thing in, too. You don't have to. Mark Mark is professional. Mark knows his stuff upside down, backwards, and left and right. But guess what? All the people that serve underneath him are not professional, and they don't have it all figured out.
1: He's like recruit he, he's a good recruiter
0: I he mean, is he corners people <laughs> oh I know I crack out because he's like I used to uh, you know I don't know what you're doing on Saturday but I'd really like you to think about sports minister yesterday he brings Ellie home because they live like two blocks away and he's like hey I, we got these devotionals we got to do after after the games uh, you know I got like five of them I don't know if you might be interested in one of them or not <laughs> like sure Mark put me on the schedule so right. but I like it I like Mark's a good guy and
1: I, I tell you what he's getting people involved he is and so it, it you know it's a little bit uh more pushy than i mean it's it's more brooklyn
0: but he gets to play the old man card you know old people he look. does
1: he does and somehow it's it, i mean look he's getting people so there's something to be said for it
0: yep yep i'll give it to him
1: absolutely know, so that's good so anyway uh we'll go home drag out that cassette yeah and, uh, <laughs> that cassette's to, long gone man listen to kansas city uh we actually have a song or two in san pedro that's been in um Spanish, uh, San Pedro de Macorís. Yeah, you know Really? That? Yeah. Um, the one Luis Guerra, I think, uh, has a song uh, entitled, or it's either entitled or it's about San Pedro de Macorís, San Pedro de Macorís. <laughs> and so it's a Spanish song.
0: Okay, this Take is really out. funny. But when I was home, was I home? No, I was watching a game here, but it was in the U.S. because I use a VPN. So they didn't know I was watching. On, see, the on the commercials, on the commercials, for a football game, they had came, uh, DJ Adoni <laughs> came on the commercial and I looked at my uh, – Jude was sitting there with me. I looked at him like, I cannot believe it because that is like something very specific to the Dominican Republic is DJ Adoni, isn't he?
1: They're, they're tracking you, man. I know.
0: They, they, they know where you are. You I, you they microchipped team, me man. or something, man. It's in my house. But it just was funny because it, it's like – Anywhere you drive through the streets here, you hear DJ Adonie, you know that's what everybody plays. He's, I'm, he's, I'm listening
1: to my Southern Gospel. <laughs>
0: Gold City and DJ. But it was just so funny that that out of the blue, this yeah. is he comes up on an American commercial. So anyway. Well that's a really odd way to end a podcast right there, isn't it?
1: Well, so just think on these things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Be the farmer. Be the farmer,
1: yeah. I think that's a takeaway. Be the farmer,
0: be the farmer, or be Mark, Mark Palmer's assistant. You don't have to know it all, just be willing to serve.
1: Yeah, this sounds like a really bad joke, or maybe a really good story. <laughs> I like it. Be the farmer.
0: What you need to do is uh help out in sports ministry, amen. There you go. That's from my that's from my Mark and Paul, Mark Palmer impression.
1: Yeah, if people haven't uh seen Mark, they need to come down and, and
0: they just need to come down here anyway.
1: Yeah, they need to come down here anyway. Yeah, and then they can be a part of that. They can see Mark and spend an afternoon in the sports ministry. This is where
0: I would need one of those, uh, like TV, uh, come to San Pedro de Marquises oh, and meet Mark Palma.
1: Mark Palma, Yeah, and the and the rest of the ministry crew. We have some. Uh, we have we have a really neat diverse team. We do. And uh, and you know we were talking about locations earlier, but the, but we've come from all over. Yep. And it's just neat how. Uh, there's a melding of, of that, and everyone sort of has their lanes. But even with that, people help each other in their other areas. And so it's like their main lane is, you know, whatever their interest and uh, what's kind of brought them down here. But because they're net, netted, knitted with, with others, they also care, and so they they help others outside of maybe their main lane. They yep. help others. And I think that's neat because – You hear about people saying, "Stay in." I mean, there is even a commercial: "Stay in your lane, bro." You know, Uh, and and you hear about people doing that, but they never cooperate. They never work with others outside of their areas, just their areas, their little kingdom. And yet, here I think there's a good crossover. Yeah, people people are caring about what's going on in sports or at the school or at the. If you're going to serve
0: Jesus, if you're going to serve Jesus, you better be fluid because stuff happens.
1: I mean, you're not talking gendered fluid. You're talking. No,
0: no, 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 no. Fluid ministry, ministry Ministry fluid. fluid. Yeah. You got to be ready to be ready to serve wherever you can, because stuff happens when hurricanes come through. You better be ready to serve. You know, when people have to leave quickly because of stuff that happens back home, there's holes left in the ministry. Be willing to serve. Mm -hmm. So life's not predictable. You just got to be ready. Ministry fluidity. Yeah. And
1: fluid in your car, which was the problem up in um, Indiana. Right.
0: Transmission fluid.
1: Brought it all back around.
0: Be a farmer. Come on, Gary. Three Fs. Farmer, fluid. Family. Family. (laughs) We're done. Catch you guys next week. That's it.